Hi, my name is Sam Fudo, and welcome to the Understanding Healthcare podcast. Today, I was able to speak with Jay Casey, Senior Vice President of Administration and Planning at The Ohio State University. Jay has extensive experience leading and improving the operational performance of healthcare and academic institutions throughout the country, and in his current role, oversees service operations and construction for all university activities and strategic planning and capital strategies. We spoke about his career and experience in hospital administration, university operations, especially throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, and his thoughts on the future of healthcare and the importance of collaboration in this time. So, here's my conversation with Jay Casey. So I guess we'll just start off with the first question, which is, you know, can you just, you know, walk me through where you think we are right now as it relates to, you know, campus and the current status of the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, you know, we're, um, it's sort of springtime in COVID. Um, it's a shoulder season where you're not all of one thing or another, um, but we're moving in the right direction. And um, I think, you know, as we, as we have this conversation, the city is going to in um, next Monday, I think going to lift the mass mandate. And, and that's sort of like lifting the barricade that blocks everybody wanting to make progress going forward. I think a lot of things will start to happen with uh, when we all can uh, associate uh, uh, without mass and uh, without social distancing. Now it will still be prudent to social distance. And if, if folks have a um, compromising health condition to mask, and so we will encourage all of that, but um, you know we're we're going to hopefully change. We made changes to accommodate um, uh, COVID, and now we just accept them as uh, uh, tradition. But they're not. It's been two years, but it's still not the way we, the world normally acts. You know, I, I don't know if you recall, but we put in um, because at the very beginning of COVID, we were concerned about high touch areas in our buildings, and so our housekeepers uh, go around and clean doorknobs and, um, and elevator push buttons and handrails twice a day with disinfectants. I don't think we'll do that anymore. That's just one little piece. But um, the other thing that's happened because of COVID in a roundabout way is um, there's been a huge disruption with where people work and what they do. Um, it's hard to fill jobs. Uh, there are people who, who are at home because they can't get daycare for their kids. So the whole, the whole uh, workforce has been disrupted. And I think we're going to slowly bring people back to uh, the jobs that we need filled. We have more open jobs on campus right now than we've ever had in the past. And that's just not in the areas of our responsibility, but across um, many, many job categories across campus. And I think we're gonna bring people back into the workforce um, now it'll never be the same. There will be people who work from home who never worked from home before. And um, the world has discovered that they can do a lot of variability in their workplaces. But um, I think all those things are getting back to normal or are gonna move toward normalcy. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know that sort of leads me into my next question in terms of what it's been like getting to this point. But you know, you've you know worked in a few, you know, different administrations here at Ohio State, including President Drake and, and currently President Johnson. Uh, who I actually interviewed last year, but, you know, I was wondering, you know, how those early conversations in the pandemic translated into, you know, testing and other policies, like you just mentioned, that have served to, you know, prevent the spread of the virus. And I know you're involved also with, like, emergency preparedness and facility operations uh, planning for the uh, virus as well. You know, um, it, it seems like just yesterday, but two summers ago, um, we were meeting every day 
in uh, electronically in, in sort of emergency sessions of what are we going to do? Um, you know, everybody had taken their laptops or in some cases their desktops and gone home or gone somewhere else to work. Uh, we had decentralized. Um, we had asked people not to come to campus. Um, we 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 worked like crazy that that um, May June July so that in August we could have students come back although they didn't have face to face classes at least we were having classes online and it seems simple now because we just do this now but nobody ever done it before right. and, and so I won't go in you know I, I I honor all those people who did that who turned that around very quickly um, but today you know we're trying to get back to what people um, uh, strive is a campus experience because although that people come students come here um, all levels of students to have a to learn they also come for a campus experience because otherwise you can sit in your basement at home and you can get a college education um, our team is very involved in the campus experience whether it's cutting the grass or uh, taking care of mirror lake or um, trying to enhance the security of the experience on campus or the bus trips or whatever. We want a campus experience to be the norm. Um, and so Dr. Johnson, actually, I think, you know, when COVID crashed again, the Delta variant, Dr. Johnson was really important player in saying, we're going we're gonna to test everybody. Um, and it was her leadership that kept the thing open. Um, otherwise, I think we would have really crashed. Uh, but uh, we we did get into a glide path of trying to stay away, but we didn't crash and burn. And and so uh, OSU um, persevered very well, uh, all things considered. Yeah, yeah, and and I I completely agree with that. Um, you know, the next question sort of focuses more on you know your path to the the role you have now at Ohio State. But you know, you've worked at you know like you said various hospitals and academic health centers, including, you know, here at Ohio State, um, to develop, you know, growth and improvement plans. And so I was wondering how that experience has translated into your current role, you know, especially throughout the past two years and moving forward as we sort of like reimagine, you know, what higher education uh, looks like, you know, to optimize, you know, student, faculty and staff well-being. Um, so Sam, you know, um, we're all different in how we manage and, um, and there's a lot of distinguished managers who work here. Um, I have always worked in really large organizations. Um, you know, I've always had thousands of people that in my, in my senior leadership roles have had thousands of people reporting to me. Um, and the only way to make progress is to chunk it down into small pieces that you can manage individually. And so we have outstanding managers who do things like managing transportation and public safety and, and our printing service. And, um, but the only way to do that is to chunk it into, into groups that you can measure. And so we have, um, we have very good scorecards that are both financial and quality-based, uh, customer-based uh, with customer responses. And, um, and we try and manage accordingly and we get good results. But the, the key thing is don't go for the home run, go for the single and the double and make a little bit of progress every week, every month, and by the end of the year, you've made tremendous progress, which is what we've done here. Um, you know, a team of people have done an amazing job. Um, and I, I use as an example, the innovation district. We have been talking about an innovation, a, a major development on West campus for years and years and years. Well, it's happening. You know, there's, there's, um, 
there's $700 million of investment going on in the West Campus right now. Um, and um, about, about 800,000 square feet of space. And that's just the start. And now it will start to bloom and go forward. So um, when I was working doing hospital turnarounds, I always knew that I, you had to take really small steps because people don't want to change. And so you have to convince them of it and let them make a change. And then the next person will make a change. And um, that's what we're doing here is we're making progress. It's slow, but we are making tremendous progress. I, I, I'll just you know editorialize and say that in the 10 years I've been here, and this isn't my doing, but the whole campus, the face of the campus, if you, if you were here 10 years ago and you came back now, you'd see so much change. Um, and yet people feel pretty good about it. You know, they don't feel like it's been stuffed down their throats. So um, it's been a, a great way to uh, learn and to watch a lot of great leaders uh, make change here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and you know, you're in your current role as Senior Vice President for Administration and Planning here at Ohio State and, and the Medical Center as well. How is, you know, you just talked about all the different units that sort of come into play in, in many of these, you know, uh, areas. How is the sort of like interdisciplinary nature of, of your role, you know, factored into how you see, you know, many of the issues we face uh, moving forward, not only related to COVID, but also, you know, like we talked about facilities and operations and making those more streamlined and efficient for, you know, everybody involved, because obviously there's different, many different players here at the university. You know, um, I, I think that uh, our success in administration and planning and we're not always successful. We've, we've dropped a few balls, but um, normally the things that we've done well have been because we found people within our organization and sometimes we bring them from the outside who are really good and then we turn them loose. And um, they have responsibility for, for their shops and, um, and they are held accountable and, um, and, and they wanna be really great leaders. They want the university to progress. Um, so when we get alignment, the, the greatest thing I um, was about seven years ago, um, I finished uh, going back to Fisher College to get another master's degree in Lean and Six Sigma. And uh, one of the things I learned, because I'm, I'm an old guy and um, I don't know as much as I used to, so I decided if I was going to work with guys like, like Sam, I better get smarter. So I got a little smarter, and one of the things that came home to me is you're successful when you get flow. Flow is a, a, a difficult thing to describe, but in my case, it is making sure that the finances, the operations, the faculty senate, the, the, the trustees, everybody view a, an opportunity the same way, and they all push together on it. If you've got one group that is pushing sideways and the other group is pushing forward, it's a mess. So one of my jobs is to get flow. And by that, I have to make sure I have the right people, the right finances, the right opportunity. All those things have to line up. And that's the hardest part of a project. When you get all that put together, it, it just, it flows. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, putting that into more specifics, you know, when you're coming up with, you know, on various projects, you know, strategic plans for the university and the campus, like, how does that, like, how do those processes take into account, you know, the many different issues, you know, that we think about, like health or, you know, wellness, you know, climate, you know, I guess I'm wondering, you know, if you could take me inside of that process, you know, what does that look like? And, and you know, even here at Ohio State, but also at health systems, you know, before Ohio State, you know, what do you see as the most 
I guess, important strategic priorities for uh, higher education and, and health systems moving forward as we, like we talked about earlier, slowly sort of move out of COVID-19? You know, um, this is going to sound kind of canned, um, but the greatest problems I think we have in healthcare today and at the university um, is, is really the changing expectations of the workforce. Um, people are not going to be told where to work, when to work, how to work. Um, you know, all of us, you know, we did this crash dive of grab your, grab your laptop and get off campus. Um, and a lot of people have never returned. Um, I was gone for about four weeks and then I came back and I've been in the office every day since um, uh, because that's where I do most of my work. And that's where our team members, whether they are in facilities or in busing or, you know, they're all here. So we all want to be here too. But I think the thing that is going to be most difficult and most important is making sure people want to work here. Um, and it sounds like maybe I'm sort of, even to me, it sounds at times I'm sort of stuck in the mud of, well, they need to be here to do their work. They really don't. I want them to be here because they want to be here. Okay. Um, this needs to be a place, this campus needs to be a place that people enjoy. And they, they, they'd rather sit on the oval with, you know, great Wi-Fi now than sit at Starbucks where they have great donuts. Um, you know, they need to want, this needs to be a place of joy to work. Um, if you look at Silicon Valley, if you look at the, the, the places where the, this generation wants to work, they're places where they can get their, their dry cleaning done and they can, um, they can get a, um, a sandwich. And we just, we have to make this place better than it is. One of the things we're gonna do in the new framework plan uh, you may have heard of framework. It is the, the, the whole campus plan that looks at the physical campus structure. So it looks at how many buildings we have, how many classrooms, how many offices, um, what kind of green space, um, you know, what our road network looks like, how much is pedestrian driven, what, you know, where would you drive a scooter? All that stuff is in the framework plan. And that plan has to motivate it has to provide a, a uh, environment where the next generation wants to work. And I'm still trying to figure out what that is, but um, I think we're way ahead of a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, something that, you know, makes Ohio State unique is, is the many different ties, you know, that we have to so many different organizations or institutions, you know, across the world in the public and private sectors. And so, how does that impact your role and, and the many units like we talked about that you oversee and, and, and are responsible for? The most important ties to us and our organization and the things we do is the city of Columbus. Um, we need people who, you know, right now as we speak, the city of Columbus is installing overhead street lamps in all the places that we put temporary lighting so that we can remove the temporary lighting, by the way, and we don't have any um, uh, degradation of the light that students need to be safe. So that, that relationship between us and the city allows us to trust that they'll come behind us where we find a need and they'll fill in that need, whether it's uh, lighting or, um, you know, we're, we're building a sewer out to West Campus. Uh, we're just starting, but we got the city. The city is going to pay 
you know, 90% of the cost of the sewer. Um, and we're going to, but, but they're doing that because they know that we will drive change and we will drive new jobs, we'll drive growth, but they got to come along first and put the infrastructure in to support all that. So, um, and, and I can't leave out, I know it's a, maybe a, a, um, uh, a controversial topic, but city police. We needed more city police in the university district back last summer when we were having a spike in crime, and they came through and did it. Um, and that crime has come down. There's still too much, but that crime has come down to a point where it's lower than it has been in the past. And um, so the city is a really big partner. But I'll also say that if you look at job growth in the city of Columbus, most of it is either directly related or tangentially related to the university. So we just work hand in glove together and it's very important. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like you touched on earlier, um, this is going back a bit, but you, know, you have education, you know, hospital administration and, and business operational excellence. You know, those are obviously, they seem, you know, crucial in, in this time that we're in now. So I was wondering if you could kind of go through what you think are the most important skills in those uh, disciplines and the many roles that, you know, you've had uh, throughout your career, you know, are there any specific, you know, areas or topics within healthcare or health administration or your role now that you believe people should focus on moving forward? So um, in healthcare administration um, or in the management of services across a hospital, uh, a university campus, or in the construction of really large physical plant projects, um, the thing that always amazes me is um, the need to make slow progress. And it, it goes back to, I guess, something I said earlier. Um, we don't go for a home run. Now, people would look at the new hospital building we're building down at, at uh, Wexner Medical Center. You know, it's, it's almost a $2 billion project. And they would say, well, that's a home run. And I would say, no, that is five years, um, five times 365 days and on every one of those days, there is a charted expectation of what we will achieve that day. Um, you know, it could be painting the, the 18th floor um, or, or getting drywall on the ceiling of the 19th floor. But we know every day for five years what we have to accomplish. And you look back, I, I look back on the, on the James. We built the James 10 years ago. And I thought at the time, I thought, well, this thing will never get done. But you just keep chipping away at it. You keep and and you don't lose heart and you take you take um, a lot of pride in the very small steps and what you got done in the last three months. Um, so, I, you know, I, I this is probably pretty boring for a podcast, but you got to um, you got to find confidence and um, and success in seeing small change uh, and whether it's it's. Um, healthcare administration or the management of this campus. I'll tell you that some people don't remember now, but it took us years to rebuild, to understand what we needed and to rebuild um, Mirror Lake. Uh, and there was a point where some people had given up on Mirror Lake and said, I, and I honestly said, fill it in and plant Buckeye trees there. And there was another group of people who said, no, we can do this. We can, we can find a solution to the problems that Mirror Lake was. And that's what we have today. And it's a fantastic landscape that everybody at the university appreciates. But it takes, and sometimes it takes a brave leader. And I've worked with a few here that um, 
you know, made really tough decisions and got a lot of criticism for those decisions, but they knew it was the right thing at the right time and they stuck it out. And that's why it's a great campus and, and a good organization. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one of the, we've sort of touched on this broadly in a lot of other questions. It sort of transcended through others, but one of the biggest takeaways from the, you know, pandemic is the importance of, you know, collaboration, work across different areas. Can you speak to like your role and obviously the many different, um, you know, units that you oversee, but also how you approach engagement and with students, university stakeholders and, and others, like we just talked about the city and any other uh, stakeholders? You know, we're, um, this is really simple for us, uh, for our leaders and the services we provide, including the services we provide to the med center. They're our customers. And if they're not happy with what they get, then we're wrong. Uh, we never say you didn't ask for that. That isn't what you know what you funded, or that you know I couldn't get I couldn't get that supply. It's just our fault. And so we plan on making our customers happy. We have uh, service level agreements with our major customers, including the medical center, that say, you know, in security we're going to provide this level of service, you know, with this number of people, and they're going to be on these hours. Um, so it's a it's a customer relationship and um, and the customer is always right. Yeah. Now, sort of getting more like high level on a lot of this, you know, can you talk about your time at Ohio State, which I think is is since 2007, starting with the, the health system as COO, but, you know, you've seen, like you talked about firsthand, a lot of the profound changes and improvements, you know, across the university. So I wondered, you know, if you could speak to the, you know, the most impactful experiences or moments you've had throughout your time here. So, you know, the things that make, that have, have stirred me across some years are not the things that probably a lot of people see, but I call them the brave moments. Um, I've been in situations, um, and I'll tell you one that, um, I'll, I'll tell you a couple. There was a time, um, Drake Union had to come down because we have to put a, a, a new, larger, higher, better levee um, in front of the river. So Drake Union had to come down. It was just, it's in the wrong place and it's gonna be wiped out. And it's the home of theater. Well, there were those who said, let's just use all the different stages we have all over the campus. Let's not build a new theater building. But there was an academic leader, uh, Bruce McFerrin, who said, no, this is the time of, of theater. You know, this is there every 50 years you know, they, they're due to, and we are a cultural campus. And so with a lot of his work, we found the, the, the money to build the arts district, which is becoming completed now at, at college and um, Annie and John Glenn. It was a really brave move for him. He didn't have to do it. He could have said, there's not enough money, forget it, we can't do it. Um, another brave moment was Gordon Gee, when he said, all sophomores are gonna to have to live on campus. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought we could do that. We didn't have, we were probably short 5,000 beds. And so we went into a crash plan to um, increase the beds. We, we renovated the South residential area and we built an all new North residential area. That was all so that we could get uh, second year students on campus. I don't think there's another big 10 university, much less one our size, that allows second year students to be on campus, but it's the best thing for students and Gordon knew it. And he, he told other leaders, including the board, this is what we got to do. 
tough job, tough thing to do. And then finally, I would tell you the new tower that's being built at the medical center right now, um, the board about two years ago said, gave us a green light to start construction. And if they hadn't done that then, if they had waited until, frankly, we had all the money prepared, we, we do now, but we didn't at that time, and they did it as a leap of faith. If we had to start today, we'd never be able to build it because the cost of everything is escalating and the availability of labor is, is decreasing. But we are, we've already got all our contracts signed, and so we've locked in a price so we can get that thing done at a very reasonable price. But it's those brave moments that make this place different and really um, push us forward. Yeah, those are those are a lot of great examples. Um, you know, my last question is: Is there any advice you'd give to you know students based on our discussion today, and and you know this time as we move forward, especially for those who might be interested in, as we've discussed, you know, healthcare or medicine administration, and you know where you spent much of your career. You know, um, yes, there is something, and I I believe this all my life. There are very few students at OSU who are going to tell you that they want to get take their college education and go into sales. But I would tell you that every successful student at OSU is going to be in sales. I sell to you every day. You're going to sell on your podcast every day. A successful manager, a successful physician or researcher has to get grants, has to convince patients that, that they're going to help them you're all in sales. And I have a great respect for people who actually do sales, who sell a product, but we all sell ourselves. And so learn that trait, learn that skill, because it, it, it may not sound very professional, but it's the greatest profession of all. Um, and, uh, and that's my bottom line is um, if you can't sell, you're not going to be successful. That's great advice. Thank you. Uh, I just want to thank you so much, Jay, for making time to you know meet with me today. It really means a lot, um, and I really enjoyed our conversation. Okay, Sam, it's good to, good to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and the unique perspective Jay brings to this space. From health administration to tackling the COVID-19 pandemic in a large university setting, Jay had many insights into how not only the past few years have changed our views in the meaning of higher education and healthcare more broadly, but also how we think about those areas moving forward with more profound change and innovation. So, I hope you're doing well and staying safe. And remember, we can't just consume healthcare, we have to understand healthcare.